Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sparty 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 68. We got a good one today, a different one, of course. You can see our lovely faces. Um, but let me just go straight into the panel, starting off with Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good for the second time tonight. Um, um, I'm still at work. I got 30, I got 30 minutes left, but uh, let's do it. Uh, it's been a minute since we did the last podcast with the new feature. It's even better. Um, I'm excited about this, so let's do it. And uh, as always, I always let everybody down by uh, fucking up once, <laughs> but also passing it off to my boy, Christian. Christian, how you doing, bro? It's all good. We only got like two minutes in. It's, it's all good. Um, yeah. Part of the part of the learning curve, I would imagine. But yeah, I'm doing curve. all right. Kind of uh, gotten used to the, the situation and the, the circumstances that we're all living under. So um, at least we've got some news to talk about today, some developments. And uh, yeah, happy to be back on with everybody. And last but not least, we're also joined by my boy Nando. Nando, how you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. Uh, again, second time to tonight, but I am doing well. And uh, I'm excited, man. Um, let's at least get back to talking about stuff that we all enjoy amidst all this chaos. For sure, for sure. Uh, I just tweeted out the link. So if anybody is out there listening in live, does show one viewer, but that might be me. Uh, please feel free to go into the comments. Short, and, notice. Uh, short notice for sure. We'll have a, we'll have yeah, sorry like for the short notice, but going forward. But yeah, this is a working exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so yeah, let's get straight into this. Um, so first piece of news: uh, the league is set to start by the end of uh, May, early June. Um, though there has been some developments of uh, some COVID cases coming out. Uh, three players from Gimarange have come out and and uh, or Gimarange has come out and said that three players. Have contact have co contacted COVID nineteen, uh, Family Kelm as well. There's been three players and two elements of the of the training uh, team of, of the coaches have have uh, COVID nineteen. Um, latest developments have been that uh, a Benfica player, uh, David Tavares of uh, their B team, but has also uh, had some games for their first team, um, has also contacted uh, COVID nineteen. And I think that last one is is of course because in Portugal. The big three are where it matters. That last one might be the um, the real turning point on whether this this league continues or gets canceled. Uh, but Steph, let me start off with you again. Um, what are your thoughts on this, and and how do you think the league is going about this? I don't I don't think uh, they should start the season whatsoever. Um, okay, thank you. That's my take on it. So I think it's the wrong time to do it. Uh, they don't have enough safety features, um, and um, this is just the beginning. And they they already have so many cases going on with different clubs, so you can multiply that by four times once the season restarts. Because now you have to put in the mix the referees, the cameraman, the uh, media personnel, so. I don't know why they're rushing it. I know it's because of money, because clubs are struggling. It's obvious, but uh, it's it's time to to be more cautious than ever. They should scratch off this season and, and focus on 2020 and 21. Um, 
and I would make no one a champion. I would just leave, leave the table, the, the standings, the way it is. And uh, Porto would, would go to the Champions League and Benfica and Braga, Europa League and Sporting Europa League and just leave it the way it is and no champion in Portugal. That's how I would do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Christian, what are your thoughts, though? Thought I have similar thoughts. Uh, it seemed like they were rushing to to get back into it. it. If if I'm being completely honest and completely frank, it just seemed like a fucking heist to try to shovel the the title to Benfica. Um, obviously, I think that the other scenario was Porto. Well, there being no champion, but obviously Porto finishing in that top slot is basically a 50 million euro difference. Um, the Champions League group stage automatically. And obviously, as we know, in Portugal, um, Porto doesn't have that sort of influence like they used to. It's all Benfica now. So, you know, maybe in, a, in another situation where Benfica hasn't blown a seven-point lead um, they're, and they're in first, they, they might just end the league like they did in France. I actually would be willing to guarantee that that sort of happened. But they came up with this convoluted plan to try to play a bunch of games in like a – like a month and a half and obviously what was going to happen is players were going to test positive if it wasn't the first week it would have been the next week or the next week after that i mean and you know we're still two three weeks out from even starting and we already have what like seven positive cases in the league so it was inevitable and obviously that number is just gonna unfortunately continue to climb and maybe these guys seems like someone has to die for these guys to like actually like wake up to the reality of the situation unfortunately yeah, for real. And um, I, I think uh, the big thing here, too, is uh, I don't know how much of this is. Uh, how can I say this? How, how much of the this influence on starting is coming from the league or is coming from the big three trying to uh, still stay afloat and, and still grab some money? Um, but Nando, I'll, well, I don't want to I don't want to interrupt. But real quick, just like no, as, yeah. far, as far as like that meeting that they had with um with with the president of the of the of the federation, federation. and then the the Costa, uh, Vieda and Verandas. The the thing that I don't get from Verandas, and it, we've talked about it before, is like I just feel like he doesn't know how to play politics either. So obviously Porto either maybe in their best interest to restart the league, maybe in their best interest to not restart the league. Benfica, obviously, in their best interest to restart the league. What's in it for sporting to restart the league? There's absolutely nothing. Like if the Europa anything, League. Exactly. Well, if we, if we, well, if we, the thing is, if we keep playing, their chances of Europa League will decrease, you know? Yeah, that's true, too. Exactly. So it's like it's almost in sporting's best interests to, to, not, to not restart the season. And it seems like Verandas is just kind of like blowing in the winds of where the Federation's blowing. It's like, if he planted a flag in the sand and said no, like we'd have a major opposition voice. He could, you know, you would think he'd be able to rally Sportingistas around that. Um, mm. He could. He's a doctor. He could be like, I'm a doctor. I this was gonna is say, safe. like, so many opportunities here for this guy, and he's taking none of them. I, I just, I mean, what's his end game? I, I truly, truly don't understand. I know there's like a lot of people that like say he's like a Benfica plant or whatever, but like. Let's just say, like, Narcan. these things happening don't, like, decrease the chances of that conspiracy theory being real, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and Nando, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it off to you as well. What are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys all, all wrapped it up pretty well. Um, I like the point that you just made, Danny, regarding um, or, or, or the, the question more so of, is it the big three that's trying to push for the reopening or is it more so the league? And I, I truly have a sense that it's more the big three, hence them getting together re- recently and, and having that uh, that kind of once-in-a-lifetime picture of them all three just kind of dicking around. Um, so, yeah, I think they're all three, like, realizing that they need it. Porto's been coming out a lot in the news lately, uh, you know, needing money and needing money quick. Um, and then I think uh, – and we don't even have to talk about Sporting and money because we know we need it. Um, yeah. and quite frankly, like you guys have said, you know, the more we play, the less likely we're probably going to be in the Europa league. But at the same time, Sporting has straight up chosen not to pay our, uh, our, for our coach, right? They missed that payment. and was like, deal with it. Like we all can't afford anything these days. It was like part of their master plan this whole time was to catch it right before COVID. Um, so maybe they need the money more so than anybody else at this point to, to make sure that they hit that payment. ASAP, even if you know stadiums are barely going to have anybody in it, I don't know, uh, but I just get a sense that a it's not the be- it's not the good time to bring them back. Um, the league needs to to structure this better. Um, how you go about doing that and how you claim champions and things of that nature is going to be very difficult. No one's going to be satisfied. Um, Spartan ain't going to be champion, so I could give a damn. But you know, it's not a good time to bring them back, and and it just seems a little a little a little pushed to 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 favor the big three, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to be honest, so I guess we can quickly give our, our two cents on whether we think um, this will or this should um, start up in, I don't know the exact date anymore, but I, I believe it was like the end of May, I think it was May, June, right? May 30th, I think. Was May the, 30th. Was the date, yeah. Okay. So in 20 days, uh, I think that uh, if we're already having so many cases coming out now, I think in 20 days, by the time all these players start, um, you know, getting unlimited uh, practice, if you will, like starting to be able to come in contact with one another, I think the spread is going to is gonna happen even faster. Um, I think for player safety, the league, I mean, I was saying this, our last podcast, I'll continue to say this, the league shouldn't come back until there's clear indication, um, not only that, sports can continue but that society can somewhat function normally again um and i think uh i don't know why they're rushing it back if i'm a purtista i don't want to run the risk of losing the title to Benfica after potentially coming back or after not potentially but after coming back from a seven point deficit if i'm a Benfica fan um i'm not trying to lose the league after having seven points ahead of porto uh seeing that all they do um there's talk shit about porto for that uh and that happened like two three years ago that scenario where they leapfrog porto after being seven points behind as a Spartan fan i don't give a fuck it's put us out of our misery like we what happens we end up in we don't end up in fourth like great the uh, like christian was saying the odds of us ending up in third very unlikely or it just seems very hard so uh, I don't see the rush. I really don't see the rush. And like you were mentioning with Verandas, I don't see why he wants to come back. Um, we can quickly transition to Verandas with this as well. I don't see... Uh, he, he mentioned that uh, one of the interviews he had with Seek or Record, I believe it was Seek though, uh, he said that... Or, or he had immense pride in saying that um, the other presidents don't quite understand the situation like he does because he's a medic. He's a doctor. 
he understands it a lot better. Um, so if he understands it a lot better, why is he trying to rush this back in? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe he knows something I don't, but from what I'm seeing, from what I'm reading, from you know everything that I'm understanding of this disease, highly contagious, it's not anywhere near gone. We're simply, we've slowed down the, the numbers of infections because some people have decided to stay at home as we should. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't see why, or I don't understand how they're getting into it. Um, so yeah, your guys' quick, quick two cents, what do you think? Are, is the league going to continue May 30th and should it continue May 30th? Christian, I'll start, I'll start off with you quick. Uh, so basically, the I think that what's going to have to happen is much like any other strike, organized labor. The players are are, are laborers. They're and you know if if all the factory workers walk out of the factory, you can't make the cars. You know if, yeah. if all the players say we're not fucking playing, then you can't play the games. You know there's there's no stipulation uh, in their contracts that they sign that says you're going to have to risk your life to uh, to play games during a global pandemic. Um, and, you know, a lot of the um, Players Association is, you know, kind of not even that big of a fan of the, the salary cuts. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, it's not, that's not also wasn't a stipulation in the contract. But I think a lot of them, they knew that, you know, athletes make more money than your average person and they look like, Mesut Ozil, who looks like a total bastard right now for refusing the salary cut. Um, so they they kind of they knew what they had to do, and they took the salary cut. And you know what? I think they'll be all right. Um, but as far as, like, risking your life um, to contract the disease and then going home to your family, um, you know, your wife's immunocompromised, you have kids at home. I mean, these are decisions that these guys shouldn't be having to put themselves in. And it's just... It strikes me as pretty gross that this is all for TV revenue, you know? Agreed. Agreed. How about you, Nando? Well, if, if, if the question so much is, do I think that May 30th, right, or whatever that day is, is the right time for them to come back, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know what the right time would be to come back, and because I don't know what would constitute the right time until genuinely everybody can feel safe you know, just going out and about and, and going about their days that like, like Chris just said, it's, there's nothing in your contract that says like risk your life to play a sport. And if we go back to when Spartans players were attacked at Al-Kushiet and those players back then were already claiming that they had a reason to leave because they felt like their lives were in danger, then this is going to open up the biggest kind of whoop uh, that we've ever seen. Like we're, we're talking about, you know, this potentially being a FIFA issue. You know what I mean? Like, like just because the world is sick, you know what I mean? It's not just Portugal is sick, you know? And then once you start going on and then these players feel that way, and then another league feels that hey, way man. and so forth and so on, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. So can you hear Nando? Yeah. I can, I can hear you stuff. Yeah, I can. Hear yeah, you stuff. I can. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just, it's you, I don't know when the right time is. And I think that this is one of those situations where, we either have to um, like it or not. We have to just go with what the government states because everybody's going to follow along, whether we like it or not, and just go from there. Um, I'm worried that this is really going to open up some unprecedented territories where players can start resigning and so forth and so on. You know, just across the board. You know, 
And that's that's my fear there. Yeah, agreed. Um, and Steph, your quick two cents as well. Should the league continue? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I already told you that. No, I don't think the league should yeah. uh, should start at all. I think uh, it's a huge mistake. Uh, they're only doing it for money purposes so they can get paid for it. You know, I mean, if you uh, Sporting TV, if there's no games, I'm not going to pay you. So uh, if they start playing, the, you're going to get the money from the TV rights. If there's no games, there's no money. So it's all about the money. Uh, but I think it's a huge mistake, and I think, uh, like I said before, they should focus on the restart of 2020-21. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, and also quickly, because I just remembered it too, it's funny that if they were going to start, they would have potentially started without VAR. Um, the controversy would have been amazing, to say the least. Uh, but anyways, moving on, we'll move on and transition to Verander, speaking a little bit about him. Um more so, I guess, the uh, the interview that came out earlier this week, if I'm not mistaken, um, talking about COVID-19, um, what that looks like for Portuguese football, um, and uh, what that looks like for Sporting. A quick synopsis of uh, that eight-minute uh, video that was out on, uh, on Record that I seen earlier this week. Basically just saying that... Um, one of the quotes uh, exactly were that if if we sold we sold Bruno Fernandes for fifty five, had we sold him in the summer, it would have been for twenty or thirty. Uh, which I mean, great for him to say because I can already see Acuna being sold for ten million. Um, he also said how Sporting agora mais que nunca vai viver de formação. They're gonna we're gonna live off our academy, um, which I mean has been something that he's been pushing ever since his his mandate started. Um, He's been pushing these these kids that he's found since they were 14, 15 uh, to push to the A squad. Um, so and, and also saying that um, it'll take years. This was the big quote that that really started to scare me, uh, especially seeing the mismanagement that Verandas has already had. Um, he said that um, it'll be a long time before Portuguese clubs start seeing the same money that they've seen um, just this year past and, and uh, years uh, before that. Um, Nando, I'll, I'll quickly pass it off to you. Um, your thoughts on Verandas and how he's handling this whole COVID situation um, and, and your thoughts on the state of the club currently. Well, the, the club right now, I'm, if I ever felt uh, any more uncomfortable, I mean, I would have to go back and really look for it because we, during COVID, we've uh, pretty much admitted that we just genuinely didn't want to pay Braga for stipulations that we reached. Like we reached an agreement and we decided that, you know what? Other people aren't paying for bills and things of that nature. COVID-19 is, is causing, you know, um, a, a financial crisis. So therefore uh, we should get a pass there first and foremost, which I think is kind of ridiculous because that was prior to, but whatever. Um, so there's that. Um, so we're trying to reach, or, or I think we did reach an agreement with Managa regarding when we're going to pay for, for uh, Ruben Amorim. Then our president not really being president during this time full time. So some people are like, you know what? He's doing a civil duty, um, being in the military or this, any other. Uh, I, th I just think he's generally all over the place. I, I think he's 
what he's saying and how he's acting is just follows the same pattern of his behavior since he's become Spartans president. It looks like he's trying to reach in a bag and pull out some tricks here or there to try to blind Spartans a little bit into continuing to think that everything's okay when it's not, or kind of giving it like that half truth. Like, look, man, we, we could have made a lot less for Bruno Fernandes, but look, look, we sold them. We sold them early. We sold them before this can't was just coming in. Like, look at me, like I shit, I already knew this thing was coming from Wuhan before it hit. Like, so I went ahead and sold them. Like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. Um, some fans are going to fall for that. Um, I, I don't think I've ever, like, listened to anything he said and just been like, that's my president right there. Like, that's some good shit. So, you know, I the club the club is just, is just a little confused, a little lost um, as usual. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what's coming next. I'm just like, whatever. Play, don't play. Just get ready to to face any consequences, you know, of your decision. I, I I don't feel comfortable going forward with him making those decisions. I haven't felt that way before. I'm not going to feel that way going forward. So that's just how I feel right now. Agreed, Christian. How about you, dude? Yeah that that comment about Bruno Fernandes really got like I, it's so funny because I watch these things happen in real time and then I see like accounts like BR football and uh, you know, sky, a couple British media accounts. They totally took that quote out of context. They, they made it seem like, man, you got a bad deal and mm -hmm. that they paid a full, pr they, first off, they got a great deal. Second off, they made it seem like that deal that they paid was like the full price deal. And if they would have just waited, then they would have got the discount price. So that's, that's not even, the point of what he was saying so maybe it was something that lo was lost in translation um or just or just like opportunistically taken out of context i'm not exactly sure um but yeah that was obvious like the, here's the thing about verandas everything that the man says is opportunistic right so he's gonna opportunistically promote his 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 medical service you know obviously you know good for him um you know i, I think that any doctor who is who's not full-time right now during a, a global pandemic, um, you know, sh if they are in good health, sh should probably return to work and help out the doctors and nurses that need it right now. Um, there, And then the thing is, is like, since he's in the military still, or since he's part-time in the military, he was required to go back and he made it seem like he was just doing it out of the kindness of his heart. Opportunistic. Um, he said that Bruno Fernandes would have been sold for, for much less because his value would have decreased because the market values of everyone would have decreased. Basically just covering his ass for the shit deal that he did in the first place. Um, now he's saying the, the academy is the most important thing ever. It, it, there's like several talking points when you become the sporting manager or when you're like you're the president of sporting, like you got to hit these certain, you know, like cliche talking points and like, the academy is obviously <laughs> one of these talking points. And it's so funny because this, the current sporting academy is the worst that it's been in, I would say, 10 years. Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, yeah. The best players, like, let's be real, like, Daniel Braganza, uh, I mean, Pedro Menz, like, maybe. Yeah, like, these, are, like, these, aren't, these aren't world beaters. These aren't Ronaldo's or Nani's, you know, like, these are, you know, potentially. I squad fillers but i mean 
it's not what it used to be. We have the uh, third best academy in Portugal right now. I'll right? chime in real quick and just, and just piggyback off of what you said there, how he you know, is hitting these cliche topics. I, I really think that he's doing so to, because he's trying to save face more than ever. This whole talk of like, we need to go ahead and invest, and I'm sure that'll be a topic we talk about a little bit more here in a second, but we got to invest in the internal market. I think he's really going out of his way to prepare Sportingistas for like what embarrassment of players we're about to recruit and like the fact that we're going to have no no money or no you know creativity in trying to to you know improve this club and I think part of his uh his uh, speech and and his thought process is like let's prepare them for that downfall and that other fourth place finish that we got coming up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like we said, I think we touched on this on the last podcast, but like the it, the internal market, just scrapping the team, building from building back from the academy is what should have been done in the wake of 2018 and the rescissions. That's when that should have happened, um, and it didn't happen. And basically, now their hand is forced, and they have to do it. Um, and I mean, it, the squad is not going to dip off. Like if you take out Hesse and put in. Jovan, you take out Dumbia and you put him against it. Like the squad is not going to become drastically better. It'll become marginally better. Maybe it'll probably stay about the same. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. So I mean, you play you play this team with some minor tinkers. Um, Renan becomes Max, for example. Um, you know, maybe uh, Matthew becomes Quaresma. Uh, I mean, these minor little tweaks here and there. I mean. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat Benfica or finish higher than Benfica tweaking around the edges of a of a team that's shambolic, really. Exactly, or relying too heavily on on your academy uh, won't take you that far either. Um, and Steph, I'll pass it off to you. Also, just trying to remind also of other points that he he mentioned on the video or on the interview um, where he was talking. Uh, oh, I just lost it. Um, oh, the payments to Sampdoria, the payments um, to uh, Ruben Amorim, simply talking about how if other or if, uh, regular human beings like me and you, uh, if we can delay our mortgage payments for a few months uh, because of this COVID-19 situation and how it affects our revenue, um, why can't he do the same in, in so terms of these other clubs? <laughs> really embarrassing. Uh, and how um, these other clubs, so he says, are, are taking this out of context or, or just trying to make a novella out of this. Um, also talk on, on that too, Steph. What, what, are, what were your thoughts on that? Well, uh, apparently um, what Berendt was saying is because of Bruno, Bruno Fernandes did another, a new contract that we didn't have to pay Sampdoria, the 4.5%, I believe. Um, so that's what he's saying. He's sticking to that. Um, I don't. I, I think. I think he's wrong, and we shall see later. Another case to be taken to to uh, the court system. Um, if if Sporting is struggling and all the other clubs are struggling, and what he should be doing is placing a phone call to Sampdoria and handle it uh, like normal human business man and and man, and say, hey, at this point in time. We can pay you, but we can make another arrangement and pay you later um, because of this COVID-19. We have other bills to pay, and the flow of cash has stopped. Now I'm pretty sure people would be able to be use common sense and handle this in a better way than 
the way it's being handled. Just I believe that the deal with Ruben uh, Murin was renegotiated uh, with Salvador. So sir, he could certainly do the same thing with Sampdoria and any other clubs that we might have to pay back, whatever might be the case. Because um, we have a chief that has to pay 900,000 euros sporting, and we we insisting on that payment. So we can be saying, hey, you have to pay us, but we don't want to pay other clubs. Uh, you know, it sounds a little bit uh, hypocritical from Barandas. Um, but that's my take on it. I mean, if we owe money to clubs, we have to pay them. But if we can pay them now, pick up the phone and talk, talk from president to president. Hey, listen, uh, I need some more time because now I don't have the cash, everything mm -hmm. that's going on. And I'm pretty sure that people will understand that. Yeah, I agree. My, my <laughs> only... Um, I I also have issues with, um, in terms of the Sampdoria thing, him, him giving validity to the to the rescission of the contract. The same day the cover of Record is, he's going to press the Ruben Ribeiro. Mm -hmm. And um, who was the other unsettled one? Rafael Leon, um, Province? No, Province was settled. Was I think it was Leon. Yeah, he was, he was going to push those in court. But it's like, mm -hmm. dude, you just showed your hand. You just admitted that the rescissions were legal. Yeah. Fucking idiot. It fucks I mean, it's, it's over. Yeah. That's just another perfect example of, of the um, opportunisticness. And then another one that I thought of what Steph was talking was the Braga payment. Like, they signed that contract a week before COVID-19 hit. Exactly. They were owed Braga, that $5 million, that first payment, no matter what. And they just, they weren't going to pay it. Like, <laughs> if there wasn't a if there wasn't a global pandemic, they were not going to pay it. Some thug shit, right? And there. now we owe ten million in September. Like, where's that going to come from? Exactly. Like, we have no fans. <laughs> Potentially, the league isn't even going to restart. I mean, we're probably not going to join champion. Probably, very unlikely, we're going to get Champions League. You don't know, man. Pretty unlikely. Pretty <laughs> unlikely, we're going to get Europa League. Like, where is this money going to come from? I'm with you. It's also the same thing where he talked so much shit about the Bataglia deal and the heavy inheritance that he had um, when he's not even paying people back. I mean, if, if you signed Ruben Amuring, I'm with you, Chris. I'm, if you signed Ruben Amuring, the at least the first payment you should have ready. The second payment, we can, we can then discuss that and, and extending that because of COVID. Um, but I feel like now I'm repeating myself from the last podcast. So I'll just, it's just it embarrassing. It's, yeah. it's, it's like Sporting just knows how to manage on the brim of like what's acceptable, like what's decent business practices. You know what I mean? And like we can't keep doing that. And Sporting constantly having to go to court for something. <laughs> it's so old. Are we now. ever not in court? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like now tired the of it. Sam Dora thing is going to drag on for like two more years, probably. Like, there's just never not court cases occurring. You would think uh, Varandas' past um, past jobs were being a lawyer and not a doctor, seeing how many times we're. Well, that's know. what he's got Rogeri Wells for, the Madeline <laughs> Mad right. McCann lawyer. Or no, and they saw Rogeri Wells uh, that, uh, well, he's not there anymore, but what was that other guy that ran once for president? Uh, Diaz Ferreira? Oh, yeah, Diaz Ferreira. Who, who's taken Sporting to court several times? Incredible candidate. Yeah, and like and like um, José George, our Aussie Tuga over here, is saying ten million more like twelve because of the interest as well. So 
Where oh, we're gonna dude, find and, and the fact that Braga like crazy. specified the the interest in the payments multiple times, like with interest, with interest, like well, yeah, the God. whole time, like you're never gonna get a penny. Yeah, we're not paying. It, <laughs> a horrible deal, a horrible deal. Um, but anyways, uh, anything else to say on on Verandas, guys? Anything else at all? I think I let most of it out. If anyone has anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say sometimes it would be better off to shut the fuck up. That's, 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 that's the bottom line. He had the perfect opportunity to shut up and not even mention Bruno Fernandes yep. and, and uh, Ruben Ribeiro and Rafael Leal. Sometimes just as un poeta calado. That's what I should have said. Caladinho. Because every time, every time he opens his mouth, it's... We, Everyone at Sporting is concerning his non-participation. He's just, he sucks as a, as a spokesperson. I mean, he shouldn't be president. He was elected, but, and it's going to be funny. I know we're going to talk about BDC. Uh, he, he was found not, not guilty. So I want to see the consequences of that. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, just one quick talking point before then. Uh, just the transfer rumors um, quickly. I'll, I'll just mention the three off the top. Um, Matheus Pereira potentially going, but just his, uh, his payment, I believe, is, is more delayed. Or West Bromwich Albion's decision uh, has just been delayed because of this COVID situation. Um, Luis Mack seems to still be heavily linked to Italy. So whether that's down to contract extensions, to renewals, um, to actual interest, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, whether that's Sparting even trying to just throw something out there and hopefully something sticks so we can get some sort of money for him. Again, see, we'll I think, see. I think personally that is his agent, who is the same agent as Bruno Fernandes, who yeah. is, as we know, George Benz's bitch. Um, <laughs> we've been talking about giving Max a raise for like six months and it hasn't happened yet. So I think that that's kind of like their hurry up with that raise or we're out yeah. of here kind of thing. Yeah. Agreed. And then perfectly that you mentioned George Mendes. Last one was um, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Fernandes, who I think we've seen play twice, <laughs> both coming off the bench or three times. Yeah. Um, apparently, George Mendes is uh, helping negotiate a deal for him to move to England, an undisclosed club in England, which is always great. Uh, I love these rumors with undisclosed <laughs> I think I might, have, I think I might have a prediction who that club might be. But I mean, us, what is it? Is it Wolves? <laughs> <laughs> is it Nottingham Forest? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, and yeah, so those are the quick uh, transfer rumors. Um, uh, if anybody wants to say anything about that, if not, we can go straight into Bruno de Carvalho. Um, Steph, well, let's go straight into Bruno Carvalho. Yes. You started yeah. us off. So uh, what were your thoughts on, um, I believe, the court's um, claim that he was uh, innocent of all, not all wrongdoings, but of any sort of... Um, Moral authority, I guess you can say, over the Akshid attacks. Or direct authority. Or direct yeah. orchestration. Yeah. Well, it looks like that um, his name was, was removed from the list. So um, after the 200-something pages of evidence, once, once they skimmed through it, they realized that they had no real evidence to find him guilty. So... More and more, it looks like uh, Bruno Carvalho and his lawyer, uh, what they've said since the beginning, that he was innocent. It's, it's, it's 
it's been proven that in fact he was innocent. So now, so now what happens? Is everything that was done going to be undone and reverted? Meaning, is he going to become our president again? Is he going to be given the, the the opportunity to be a socio again? Yeah, Can he run big. for the next elections? Yeah, that's big. There's, there's a lot of questions that will come up now because what's fair is fair. So if if, uh, if they said Brunker Riley was not guilty, it means now we technically have two, two presidents. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, he did. He so did propose like a, that idea, didn't he? In a weird way. Clusterfuck was elected and, and was he, and was kicked out of the club. They cooked up that uh, uh, that finagle, uh, the finagle that 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 uh, the whole meal to kick him out of the club. And now, if he's not found guilty, it means he should be the president. I mean, that's the way I see it uh, because. If he's not, if he's found not guilty, it means that election with Brun uh, with free Brick Baranas in Bendita and the other guy, it was uh, in no effect. It, it shouldn't count at all. It should be dismissed because we still have a president. And I'm going to leave it at that because this will create a lot of confusion. But that's what that's what Spartan is good at confusion. And we all divided now. But if I can have Brun Carvalho back, I want him back. Because he's the one who made all the modalities champion uh, the same year. He's the one who made Sporting more competitive. The Tasa da Liga, Tasa Portugal, Corunda, Covarandes, so much bragged about. That was the teams that Brun Carvalho made. It's not, it was not his teams. Because the following year, it dismantled the, the team. And then we saw what happened. We played, we, we were playing like shit. And um, that's under Brun Carvalho, that's when we did put down John Rocha. And under Brun Carvalho, that's when we had an average of 44, 43.5 uh, fans in the stadium. And Brun Carvalho, that's when we have a, we had a, competitive, a competitive team. So, if I can have him back and kick out Verandas today, I'll take him back. That's all. Agreed. And uh, also, Ozzy Tuga, she says, George agrees with you as well, saying he is the president. Diage was illegal. I agree, man. Um, Nando, I'll pass it off to you. What were your thoughts? Oh, man, I was waiting for a moment like this. Um, you know, I've, I've been standing by his side for the longest time, and I want so many people to eat their words, man. Oh, my God. Like I would a hundred percent, you know, pay my dues uh, in a heartbeat that I haven't paid um, because I just truly do not accept, uh, believe in, trust, uh, want, uh, whatever word, descriptive word you want to use uh, for Verandas. I don't want him anywhere near our club. Um, Bruno Carvalho is his whole life was basically ruined, personal life. Okay, yeah. so if we're gonna just focus on Bruno Carvalho as president, the Sporting. Is one thing, but let's not forget that his personal life has been absolutely all but ruined. I mean, the man is probably never going to find a you know a job like straight up because he's not wanted anywhere. He's cast as this terrorist, this this demon person, you know, running around the wild. And uh, 
And like Steph just said, we know, we all agree, and I think Sportingistas, whether they like it or not, all agree and understand what Bruno Carvalho brought of good to Sporting. Um, we also know the things that he did that we didn't like. And I think that a Bruno Carvalho 2.0 um, would absolutely um, be what we need at Sporting. He would, and in my opinion, I would hope that he would see the things he did that wasn't so good. He's touched up on it a little bit since he's left Sporting. Uh, in the podcast, he's done so forth and so on. And I think that um, the fact that he's just not even in the documents, he's been exonerated, basically. We're just waiting for the for the uh, you know the court decision to make it official official. Yeah, how how the hell do you sit there and then tell your your fans that that any of the shit that happened is okay? When we've even seen, you know, other evidence that it wasn't okay with, uh, you know, Rafael Leon and other players in their situations and how Spartan has dealt with their cases post all of this, you know, um, he needs to be put back. Um, first, he's he's most definitely it's just a matter of time, in my opinion. Uh, reinstatement of Saucy. Um, I don't know what the rules and guidelines state in a situation like this, but reinstatement of Saucy needs to happen so that he, he has a right to, you know, run for president again. And then uh, let's do our part, you know. And, and making sure that he gets there. Um, he's been completely shafted by a Benfica-led media and a complete um, attack on him uh, just because it wasn't convenient for, for Benficistas and some Portistas in, in Portugal to have a competitive Sporting that, that that just was so much better than they had been in years. You know, um, that, that He needs to get put back in his place, man. It's going to be a long road ahead, but the hard part is basically about done now. Yeah, agreed. And Christian, last but not least, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the years-long, you know, crucification in the media, and I, I don't think there's going to be any accountability for it. <clears throat> you saw a sneak preview of it uh, yesterday. Um, if you remember, if you remember the time when this was happening, this was plastered all over the front page of every paper, even not even sports papers, Publico. Uh, those are not even sports papers. You know, Bruno Carvalho charged with terrorism is, is splashed across the front cover of that. And yesterday you get on record the a little corner about that yeah. big. Ajogu, somehow even smaller than that. And uh, it's, you know, mis- no, no, it's even smaller on a ball and completely absent from Ojogu. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, basically what happened, this is how I look at it. This is my analogy, right? So, in, at least in the United States, I'm assuming most other countries people live in, like the cops just can't, you know, bust into your house and, and, and search around without a warrant, without reason to believe that there's something here, right? So let's just say the cops bust into your house and they find 20 bodies in there, right? You're, no one's going to say, hmm, the cops really didn't get their proper search warrants, right? They're going to be like, it's good that they did that because they found 20 bodies and you're a fucking murderer, right? So... The AG that was called to destitute him or remove him was was called under the, the premise or the, the context that he had been the moral author, either directly or indirectly, of a terror attack that caused all these players to rescind their contracts, right? So the, as we saw, we, or the, the Dar Futuro of Sporting, the, the group that got the signatures that called the AG, was denied, right? This AG happened with absolutely no signatures, um, and it was, and it was able to just slide through because they had convinced the masses through just kind of repeating it over and over again. And it happened, and you know he was an easy target, obviously, because he would kind of been beefing with the players in the lead up to that. I don't know how often we guys like to think about you know 
May 2018. There was the Facebook post. There was the back and forth with George Jesus. He was fired. He wasn't fired. He's not even a coach. The next game, um, you know, all this shit. Like, obviously, le the lead up to that made him a very easy target, right? To just pin the whole thing on him. He he organized it, right? And you know, I mentioned it on a, a couple months ago on the pod that the when Mustafa finally got released from prison, dude, that, I mean, insane, like how he was in prison this, this so for so long based on absolutely no, nothing except, you know, a personal bag of cocaine. This guy's been in prison in a country where drugs are decriminalized for almost a year. I mean, just insane, insane, yeah. insane miscarriage of justice occurred all over the place in this case, both in the Portuguese legal system and in, you know, whatever democratic, machine that we have set up at Sparting. Um, so basically the AG that was called is it was illegal and it removed him as president. Obviously the votes that were cast to remove him were real and the election that happened afterwards was real, but it really does set up a really interesting situation here because so much of the Veranda's brand and so much of the Veranda's rise to power was based off of just being, you know, anti BDC. You know, he's so bad. Look what he did to our club. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to remove his photo from the Hall of Presidents. I'm going to crop his image out of a, an old hockey video that we're posting on our official Twitter account. We're just going to basically erase this guy from history because he was so bad. And I mean, he's about to get completely exonerated and what happens in the aftermath of that is going to be very interesting. I mean, Venice is not just going to hand over the reins of power. I mean, the guy's risen to power through very sleazy tactics and he's not just going to hand the hand, hand it over, you know? So he's going to do everything in his power to prevent Bruins Carvalho from running. He can do everything in his power to prevent him from being reinstated as a Stasiu. Um, and basically we're just setting ourselves up for, a, a full-on head head-on with the conflict that's been basically bubbling over for the past year and a half at least and we're basically coming to a a critical a critical moment you know like the two trains are are, are, are headed towards each other for miles and it's like they're gonna crash they're gonna crash like they're gonna crash you know and yeah once he's officially exonerated in court whenever that is you know june july whenever like the trains will crash into each other. And what what comes out of that? I mean, I have no fucking clue. I mean, in my opinion, there's enough signatures to call an AG to, to, to vote on his removal right now. I mean, the, the signatures were called and, and Rosetti Alves is basically fucking colluding to prevent an AG from happening. And then COVID-19 happened and basically gave them an out because we can't all physically congregate right now to even have that AG, even if it was happening. So a lot of a lot of crazy shit just brewing into once, and we're gonna really come into a a a, a, a pivotal moment. I, I'm estimating in in July or August, it would seem. It's crazy because you just brought it up, and and it's crazy to think about how much this COVID situation really saved Verandas. Um, we can't protest in stadiums anymore. We can't come together in large groups to protest like we were uh, just a few months ago. Um, it's it's crazy the timing. Had this had Bruno Carvalho been proven innocent a few months earlier, those trains definitely would have crashed and it would have been a 
it um, seemed like they were on that path. I mean, they, they, yeah. those are some of the biggest rallies I've ever seen at Sport Thing. They happened back to back weeks right before COVID. You know, exactly, exactly. So uh, <laughs> the only guy that's actually really happy about COVID nineteen is is definitely Verandes and his administration. He got um, some free PR out of it too. Even yeah, he got some free PR. Some free. He got some breathing room from it. It's it saved his political career at Sport Thing because. Um, if, if the, even if the like predictions are true that this won't be solved until like, or this won't society won't go back to normal for another year or two. Um, that's basically the rest of his mandate. And then that's when he has to face Bruno Carvalho potentially and others. So, um, yeah, that, this really saved his bacon. Um, yeah. Anything else to add guys? Let those trains crash. <laughs> burn baby burn like at this point that's it man <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a exciting off season from the standpoint of Verandas is gonna have his seat warmed so much like he's yeah. he has to act you know he can't what what is he gonna do what's he gonna do sit there and 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 and, and preach to Sportingistas that Bruno Carvalho was bad still? what he's gonna say is that the votes that happened were all valid you know we 71 percent the famous 71 percent yeah it happened, right? 71% did yeah. vote, you know? It, it was a real vote, but the reason for that. That 71% was to vote him the reason is bullshit, out of president. But Correct. then they voted later on to remove him from Saucio. Yes. So they, if, mm. the, if he wants to hold on to the whole, they voted him out of president, fine. But now this shows that they should have never had the vote to remove him from Saucio anyways. So they can yeah. go back then, or they have to at least go back and then at least reinstate him as Saucy. And then in my opinion, you know, you're Saucy. You could run again. How about it? And we, we, I mean, it's obvious that they're going to, they're going to do, they're not just going to like roll over and do, say, okay, you know, you were right. You know, he's back in. Yeah. Uh, they're going to do whatever they can to, 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 to fuck him over, obviously, because. Yeah. Fucking hate that. Rogério. I, was, I can't wait to see his face. Fuck him. Personally, I don't think he he's running the next election. I think um, he'll only be able to run the election afterwards if Verandas lose loses. Why is uh, there something in place? No, it's just a feeling I have. To be honest, I, I feel like something will come up where I mean, it happened. He just election. didn't. He just somebody, uh, somebody let didn't let him and Carlos Vieira run for president. I, I don't think with Verandas and Rogério Alves, especially. As the um, what's his title? Because he said he wanted to run again. Literally a month or so ago, he said that he was was running for president. Fair, but I mean, like as we see, these guys don't play fair. We had the right amount of signatures, and nothing was done. Yeah, Yeah, Um, right. Right. I I, okay. I feel like it's going to be the same thing. I think he'll do everything he can to run. I, if you're saying maybe you're you have a feeling that they'll do everything they can to prevent him from running. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it doesn't matter whether or not they're successful or not. And obviously, mm-hmm. the, the people in power have more people than the people who are you know ostracized and not in power. Well, in this case, reasons. more fucking aid. That's the only thing that's important that matters. It seems like. And and you yeah. know it, it is worth it is worth mentioning. Like, is it would he would he win if he if he, if we ran Verandas Bruno Carvalho? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Right now, tomorrow, you have that election tomorrow. Yeah. Free and fair so. election. What does. happens? I, I think he I, does. I really don't know the answer to this. Yeah, Verandas doesn't have a good look going for him. He's got this key. The Sporting sucks. They don't play well. Coaches in and out, left yeah. and right. He's literally got nothing positive going. The only thing that Verandas had going, in my opinion, was the fact that people would still, again, hold on to Bruno Carvalho being bad. Bruno Carvalho being the creation of everything that happened. Verandas himself didn't do anything good for Sporting. 
So but you realize what's going to happen now is they're not going to cover, obviously, that he's exonerated. Of course not. They're going to no. cover it at 1% as extensively as he's a terrorist. So if you say it enough times, it just becomes true. Yeah. And then you just sweep it under the rug. There's still going to be a lot of people that just like think that yeah. whatever, he's bad or, oh, he didn't get convicted, but like he's still bad, you know, because of all that shit I heard. Like the something Facebook, off of this guy, the Facebook you know? post is enough to give him enough black, bad publicity that yeah, not everybody like, will still go. Okay, well, maybe he's not a terrorist, but he's still bad, right? You he's know, still like, bad, yeah. And, and then again, he it's not going to be like a one on one with Verandas, it's going to be him, Verandas, Benedito, uh, all the opportunities, which is also going to be a big hand on between him and Carvalho. It's yeah. gonna be more than just the two guys. So for for Bruno to win, um, there's gonna be, he he has a lot of work ahead of him. Um, but sure. I mean, he has what two more years to to, to work at it. So yeah. and the most dangerous demographic obviously is the old people with the most votes, and we know those people yeah. are very 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 susceptible to being influenced by um, by the media, and those are the, obviously the people that are more more likely to go with the quote safer option in, in their eyes people that are more willing to settle for the mediocrity that they've experienced for the majority of their lives. They're comfortable in that. And it's a dangerous voting block because yeah. it's not one vote, one person, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Uh, so I will, I guess last bit of news here. Um, we'll be, we'll uh, talk about the, um, a few players leaving uh, from our Mudalidad. Uh, two players from our futsal team, Deyu and uh, Leo Jaragua. Uh, more specifically, Deyu, who's been with the club, I think, for over 15 years or something just along those lines. Um, we also had Raul Marin leaving from uh, from our hockey team, from our hockey de Patinche team. And then, of course, ta- uh, a potential – is it a rumor or is it it's, in the I, works? I saw it was happening, but then I never saw an official announcement, so I'm assuming it's a, a likely rumor. So a likely rumor of Ty Tony, who who was part of our basketball team, who um, I mean I really liked him, Trevante Williams, uh, along with other guys, but Ty Tony, uh, Tony might also be leaving Spartan, which is also sad news. Uh, clearly, some cuts uh, to the Mudalidads, whether that's COVID related, whether that's just our financial situation. Um, your guys' quick two cents, and uh, before I go on, uh, I seen a tweet, and and I'll uh, I'll actually reiterate it here. I sorry, I don't I don't remember who tweeted it, um, but um, the specific names. One was Bruno Fernandes. I'll exclude him, uh, but other players like uh, João Moutinho, not really. Oh, who was it? Whatever they they mentioned Bruno Fernandes and uh, all the other players or Bataglia and all of them that rescinded William Carvalho, Rui Patricio. Um, None of them are, are really as big of a figure to Spartan as much as Deyu is, um, especially through the years that he's been with Spartan. He's been with them through the shit years of our futsal team where we were almost bankrupt and having to let go of all the Mudalidads to uh, lifting a Champions League trophy just last year. So uh, a huge, a huge loss to Spartan, a huge departure. Uh, Christian, I'll start this one off with you, dude. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, Deo's obviously, you know, one of the more historical players that, you know, the futsal team's ever had. Um, in his more recent season, I would say, he's not he's not the player that he once was, obviously, but he's still obviously super crafty and he's, he's obviously useful. Um, so it is sad to see him go. 
Um, Leo is always an underrated aspect of the team, and um, he really showed through a little bit this, mostly this year when there was a, a lot of injuries on the team, and he was kind of he got a bigger role um, this season more more so than than in the past. But uh, the game that always stands out in my memory for me for Leo was the uh, I think I tweeted this also. So it was the Champions League semi against Inter yeah. Movie Star of the Champions League at Final Four. That was probably one of the, the better games that you know I've ever seen, you know, from a football player. He's all over the field. He was everywhere. Um, and that was, I mean, we beat Inter Movie Star after always losing to them. We finally beat them. And, you know, he was a major, major part in that. And, um, yeah, I mean, these are two players that, that, that I think Deo won, like, what, like 40 trophies or something in his, in his 15 years or something like that something insane and uh obviously they both won the crown jewel the champions league multiple league titles i mean these are super super decorated players i don't know if De if deo's retiring or if he's going to go back to brazil to, to play another season or two but leo obviously is is still very serviceable and you know i expect to see him on the other side of maybe of a team that we play um in the champions league uh going forward but it is it is an alarming uh, trend that I see happening with the with the modalities and uh, the cuts. It would appear because, I mean, that's a major part of the club, um, major a major source of joy for a lot of fans, especially when the foot and the football on the on the, the 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 A squad isn't isn't that the standard that we all want it to be. I mean, these 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 out these sports are an outlet for us to you know to experience the joy and, and, you know, it's like the, the fans of specific modalities, um, you know, have formed tight knit communities and, you know, I super enjoy watching them. And if, if we're going to become, if we're going to cut costs and become like amateurish in, in the modalities, it's, it's, it's sad, but I, unfortunately, Veranda's rhetoric over the years has kind of hinted that he, was kind of going to do this and it seems like he's actually putting concrete, you know, concrete uh, road, road to rubber to the road, you know, and he can obviously just cover it with COVID-19, which is, he was going to probably do it anyways, but now he can just say COVID, you know? Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's crazy. Cause uh, when he first got Miguel Al Albuquerque, I thought at least you go, okay. Yeah, at least cares somewhat about the modalidades, but uh, yeah, it's been cuts constant, and uh, now with COVID happening, um, for sure more is bound to happen. Um, Nando, how about you, dude? I I hate everything that's going on with with the modalities and the cuts and the the trying to save money and everything like that. Um, Chris just made made the perfect point. Like modalities is the one thing that I think every sportingista has always held on to, despite our horrible track record when it's come to you know the 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 senior soccer team in the past 30 plus years you know sporting has always been known for modalities and 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 their success in the olympics and so forth and so on and futsal in particular we've been killing it as of late um so you know to save money uh, in the things that we're successful and then you know it's one thing if they cut costs there and then re-put the money back into like the the, the Primera team and then just let them try to succeed, but don't do that either. You know, it's again, I don't I don't know what the hell we do and why we do it. It's just frustrating, man. It's frustrating because we just gotta accept it. You know, we do we can't do anything about it. We just have to hope that it works out and hope that other competitors, 
you know, aren't better than us on one given year, and then we just squeak out some victories, and that that shit's so old, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, guys, I don't know where else to go with this. Uh, anything else? Any anybody wants to add or you know, fill out of Alma? <laughs> no, I I don't. I don't think that's good. Uh, I think I mean this new platform is awesome, and you know, hopefully we can yeah. Uh, yeah we can give you guys more of a heads up in advance so that you can you can be ready. Sure. Yeah, let we us know what gave, you guys We gave you guys a, a thirty second notice that we were going live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tried to uh, throw out like in the middle of us uh, talking about it, like, "Hey guys, join us here. We're talking about blah blah." blah. But uh, but anyways, a, a special shout out to Jose Costa George or Ozzy Tuga. And also another José was here, José Alfaro. Uh, thank you Jose. guys for joining us today. Jose, Jose, either or. Thank you guys for joining. This was a little test run um, of this new uh, of this little app we're using. And uh, so hopefully we can go back live on YouTube because we definitely missed the live aspect. Um, it was nice on, on Skype, but uh, it wasn't the same. Um, definitely love seeing the chat and, and interacting with everybody. So um yeah with that being said thank you guys for listening to podcast number 68 join us on twitter uh sparting one uh, um sparting 160 underscore en on instagram sparting 160 en even though we barely touched that maybe we'll touch that sooner or later uh and of course on youtube sparting 160 en um thank you guys for joining us and uh ciao viva sparting always bro